Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marchessault fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marchessault. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Game five around the corner. Wallace out here at Victory's Bar and Grill inside the cannery. Wing Fest going on. Mix and match your flavors starting at $8.99. Wings, big game. It doesn't really get much better than that, does it? Does it? No. All right. Well, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... How about this one? 2-2. Three games to go. As little as two games if the Golden Knights can win tonight and Thursday. And then the third round is right around the corner. Uh, seems like uh, a long time ago that the, that the Colorado Avalanche won those first two games in Denver and the Golden Knights were in their first uh, 0-2 hole. What a turnaround in this series. And as a one famous broadcaster told me today, you have all the mo. And I tried to figure out what mo meant, and he went, "It's momentum." Uh, I said, "Okay, now now I get it. I, I put too much uh, too much thought into it." But uh, the Golden Knights, if you believe in momentum, <laughs> the Golden Knights have all the mo. Well, like, didn't it take more time to explain than it would have just to said to, like to just say momentum? Yes. Okay. But but I don't challenge this person. They're very. Uh, no, it's fine. Like I I don't blame you. I mean I don't know who yeah. it is, but I. It was Eddie I, Olchek. Oh yeah. Well, I mean I wouldn't challenge Eddie. Yeah. Eddie O either. But but I just I felt bad because I didn't understand it. Well, how, like was, how how did that go? Like how awkward was it when you were like, hey hey Eddie, like like I don't get what you're saying here. I said I'm so uncool. I don't even know what that means. He said momentum, and <laughs> and then I said okay, that makes sense now. But it was like M.O., like like it was modus operandi or something like that. I, I, thought, I thought I was missing something. And uh, it, was, it was very this – is, this is now very awkward. It just uh, proves, again, how, how uh, little cool factor I, I have in this series. Uh, the, the Golden Knights, though, uh, mm-hmm. we, we have this, this fork in the road right now where do the Golden Knights become the first team all year – in the series between the the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche to win three games in a row? Yep. Or does the pattern shift back to a a back and forth between these two clubs? You know, I I mean, it's an interesting question for sure, and and I would tend to agree with, with Eddie O that right now the Golden Knights, in terms of momentum, in terms of confidence in their game, like they've got it all coming up in in their favor right now, and and I would argue that, you know, they've played their game over the last two plus games, two two games, two periods, and and there hasn't been much of a shift or an adjustment made by Colorado. So right now, in terms of of this game, game five, if if everything's equal, if if we get kind of the same thing that we've seen over the last 
couple of games, you've got to like where the Golden Knights are at right now. Yeah, I don't even think Colorado would argue that uh, the Vegas has uh, things going on their side yeah. and uh, a lot of wind in the sail. Uh, I would counter you on one factor. There, there has been adjustments. There has been deep conversations and, uh, and dialogue between the coaches and the, the players uh, after game uh, three, certainly, uh, when Jared Bednar was not very happy with his team and voiced his displeasure. And, and after game four, in which there was uh, more meetings yesterday discussing things, I think there's been adjustments. I don't think there's been the execution at all. Not when you look at mm, uh, 18 shots against uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, 20 shots allowed by the Vegas Golden Knights. That is unheard of. As, as much as getting back in the series has been impressive, limiting that offense and that group of talented players to just 38 shots over two games is bizarre. I mean, I, I think, again, it's been, it's been the Golden Knights that have been in control of these games. And, and when you have the ability to control... The, the game the way that Vegas has done it's it's taken away a lot of what Colorado does well and you know to to the Golden Knights credit they're frustrating the Colorado Avalanche and and I think that we've you know we've talked about it in terms of of individuals trying to make plays for the Colorado Avalanche when you get frustrated and it's not going you're not getting the the same looks that you're used to getting uh, it, it becomes a little bit of trying to do things yourself and, and right now the Colorado Avalanche have to get themselves back to square and, and take advantage of being home and finding a way to break through what the Golden Knights have done so well. So where is Vegas frustrating the Colorado Avalanche? One is uh, Vegas has been able to escape their own zone and exit their own zone without uh, hardly a hint of, of trouble. And that starts with the flipper, or as Darren Elliott calls it, the million-dollar flipper, where you have high-paid defensemen flipping the puck out. And that's only effective. Now, it can relieve pressure right away. That's why it was sort of invented, why you would ever think about doing it. But why is it effective for the Golden Knights is they have players who read off their defensemen and they bolt the zone and they put pressure on the, on the Colorado defensemen to try and defend a high pass, a high puck, and then not get beat, uh, beat down the ice by a bounce or a tip. And you automatically give up space, which leads to giving up the zone. And that's where the Golden Knights start to put pressure on you. Uh, the secondary impact of, uh, of the flipper is uh, when the Colorado Avalanche see that starting to happen, they start to retreat because they know the flipper's coming. And what does that do? Well, if Alex Petrangelo's got the puck, and everybody else is retreating because they think the flipper's coming. Well, he's got all kinds of time and space to look up the ice and make a play and, and do what Alex Petrangelo does best is execute his individual skill. So that combination uh, started by the most simplest of plays, and this isn't a flip off the glass, although uh, it can be used in that regard. It's just uh, up through the neutral zone. Uh, so that's the start of it. The secondary part is, okay, well, Colorado's really fast. They have tons of skill. Why don't the Colorado Avalanche start doing this? Had a conversation with, uh, with the coach uh, about this today. Hmm. Uh, uh, not associated with the series, but, uh, but a coach. 
And the answer that came back is Colorado's DNA is about that small, high, high skilled, small to medium size, but high, high skilled defensive core. Yeah. What's the one thing that they don't want to do is take the, the entire game and turn it into a flipper. Like they're, they can skate, they can pass, they can rush the puck. Why would they ever do that? So Colorado sh- is, is almost would be better right now during what we've seen the last couple of games to just flip it out. But they don't want to take the game out of their, their hands and their, their, their incredible athletes' hands. So they keep trying to come through the neutral zone, which has been bottled up extensively by the Vegas Golden Knights. So the adjustment and the buy-in by the Golden Knights defensemen, mm-hmm. who are high-skilled, Theodore, uh, uh, you've got uh, Petrangelo, uh, Martinez, like high-skilled guys, and they're willing to do it. Colorado right now, with their game plan, not willing to do it. And probably a, a mix of coach and athlete there. Like what? That's a major strength of theirs. Mm-hmm. Why would they just flip it out and not use uh, that, that incredible talent? And, and that between the neutral zones and five feet, ten feet inside the blue line has been where the Vegas Golden Knights have been able to take over the series. Yeah, I mean, when does it change, though? Like, I mean, if I'm looking at that and I'm, I'm kind of noticing the trends here over the last couple of games, I, I think at some point you have to recognize that what you're doing isn't working and, and maybe you, you fundamentally change something just to see if it gives you a different result. Well, yeah, but athletes always believe, especially the elite ones, more so for the elite ones, yeah. that they can find a way, that they can do it because they've been doing it their whole life. And that's hard to get through uh, to an athlete. So maybe maybe they do make adjustments. I've listened to Jared Bednar now three straight post games. Yeah talk about this now he hasn't used the word flipper but uh but they bolting the zone and 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 high clears and uh able to buy space and and quick exits out of the zone he's talked about this for for three games they know that part of it defending it is is difficult uh you either get your defenseman to be uber aggressive and step up and try to knock those pucks down with their gloves or their body or you have to retreat and let the puck bounce and then you've got Jonathan Marcheseau right on your tail and not even on your tail he's coming right in your grill yeah. uh, and and that's uh, that's a difficult one how do you generate any type of forecheck if the Golden Knights turn around flip it out and send everybody down the zone it's really difficult yeah uh, and and the, the the huge part about it is the Golden Knights don't have a ragtag group of blue liners if you do sit back against them They'll burn you the other way. And in a series, this is where series are so different than the regular season. In a series, it gets in your mind. And you become more defensive and more uh, conservative because that flipper's going to get by you, and all of a sudden Chandler Stevenson's going to have a breakaway. I'm yeah. not going to let that happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's been a, a, a big part of, of where the Vegas Golden Knights have been able to take over uh, possession. We talk about millions of dollars of athletes. Well, it's uh, it's a little simple play that's allowed those millions of dollars of athletes uh, to to uh, apply their trade. I it's no surprise to me that Darren Elliott came up with million dollar flipper. 
Fantastic. You know, you know who used to call it the million dollar, and and he was around this uh, this uh, man uh, for a while. It was Brad McCrimmon called mm-hmm. it the million dollar flipper, the late great Brad McCrimmon. Uh, when he was uh, uh, assistant coach, well, he probably came up with it way before then. But uh, Brad was an assistant coach with Atlanta, where Darren Elliott worked, yeah. and uh, and they would call it the the, the million dollar flipper. And that was just if you got nothing going on, flip it out. Shane Knighty played under un, under uh, Brad McCrimmon with the with the Atlanta Thrashers. This is taking it to uh, <laughs> another level, where if in a series you've got these these speedsters and these the great hockey IQ too, right? Uh, like Riley Smith uh, to to be able to read off uh, Alec Martinez under pressure and know he's probably going to have an extra like half a step to be able to flip the puck out and go down the ice because uh, you never want to leave too early because yeah. then you're just in a world of hurt going the other way. But if you can read it properly and you're on the same page, it's effective and it certainly has been. And uh, one of the reasons why the Avalanche have had such little puck possession in this series. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting and, and fascinating game plan for the Golden Knights and, and one that, again, like, you know, when, when we have tried our best throughout this regular season to to break down this this series between these two clubs, those eight games in the regular season, and what do they all mean? And, and really, in terms of just regular season versus playoffs, like, there's so much different here in a playoff series because you can stumble across something or you can draw up a game plan that you think will work, but it doesn't really work to to the way that you'd like it to when you're playing a bunch of other teams in the regular season. But now, over the course of the last three games, the Golden Knights have been able to bottle up the Colorado Avalanche, and I think that the fact that Colorado hasn't been able to break out of it just yet is in their heads, right? Like, this is a team that is used to is used to figuring out or getting pushed and then coming up with a solution or getting a breakthrough from Nathan McKinnon or getting a breakthrough from Kale McCarr. Like that's what they've done all year long. And right now they, they haven't been able to find the right formula to counter what the golden Knights have been able to do so well in this series. It's certainly affected that blue line of yeah. the avalanche yeah, and their confidence and their ability to handle the puck. It's put them in a position where they're thinking about defending more than they are uh, advancing. And there's once you start doing that, then you've won a lot of the battle. Because they're not thinking uh, optimistically about creating chance after chance after chance and scoring goals. Uh, these these players aren't used to defending. The reason they're not used to defending is because they're so talented. Take the puck and move it up the ice, or skate it up the ice, uh, and, and they fly. They're they're be, have been put into a very different scenario. And yeah, you, you you saw what happens though if you can't get to those spaces in game number one. If you're a, a, a second late, it can burn you. But if yep. you're on your game and there's a rotation of line after line after line, which the four lines have been going, uh, then it's relentless pressure on that back end. Uh, and and if, if that back end can't get comfortable, Ryan, yeah. then that the defenseman of the Colorado Avalanche can't get the puck to Nathan McKinnon or Miko Rantanen or Gabriel Landeskog or the others. They can't get the puck to them with any type of pace and and 
advantages through the neutral zone, then where, where's what good is speed? What good is 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 the talent if you can't get them the puck in a good spot? And it's been it's been impressive. Yeah, I mean to your point, like you. If you can't start making plays to get Nathan McKinnon in, into good, favorable positions or just with a head of steam through the neutral zone carrying the puck in over the over the blue line, then it, what you get is, is you know, individualistic plays. And, and I think for the Golden Knights, like, that's where they want the, the Colorado Avalanche. You want the defense to feel the pressure, to be under siege, to to try to do a little bit too much or, or just not be able to handle – what the Golden Knights are throwing their way, and then uh, that kind of bleeds into the frustration throughout the lineup. So, I, again, yeah. I, I'm fascinated by tonight's game. I really am because, you know, I, I expected in Game 4, based off the comments from Jared Bednar after Game 3, I expected Colorado to be the team that was dictating the pace in Game 4. It didn't happen that way, and, and I'm very much curious to see how this game opens up and if it's any different than what we've seen so far. It's funny, I was listening to Riley Smith uh, with an interview with Dan Duva uh, earlier today, and that uh, conversation revolved around different adjustments that yeah. you have to make during the course of a series. And, and Riley said, we don't, we don't have a lot to adjust to right now. Yeah. We just have to keep doing what we're doing. Now, what will they have to adjust to in the first period tonight? Back home, where last change goes to the Avalanche. What will what will Jared Bednar do with that edge? Will he change up his lines? Uh, will he uh, look for a different matchup uh, with the McKinnon line, uh, which uh, has been snuffed out uh, pretty well uh, against the Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty line? Well, if you do that, you know who you're going to face. You're going to face, uh, I would say, a, a line that's even better known. Uh, for its defensive abilities in William Carlson and Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're caught in between because of the depth of those top two lines of, of the, uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. But I anticipate there will be some tactical uh, uh, slants that the, the Colorado Avalanche will throw at the, at the Vegas Golden Knights tonight that, that we haven't seen. But uh, Pete DeBoer was asked, remember yesterday? I said, like, how do you prepare mm-hmm. for this game if you're the Golden Knights? Yeah. Do, do you change up anything you're doing because you're anticipating what they're going to do? But what if they don't do it? Then you're over-prepared. <laughs> and, 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 like, where, when, do you, when do you put that information into play yeah. or even, even start it? And we're so on the outside uh, of, of how deep these coaches and players are working with video and, 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 and preparing. But it's, it's a, for lack of a better term, chess match. How do you, do you think two, two plays ahead? Or do you wait for the play to happen and then react? Uh, Pete DeBoer was asked by uh, Mark Spector of Sportsnet about that today. And, and I could feel you uh, like <laughs> sending me vibes going, there's your question. There's, there's yep. the answer. Uh, here's Pete DeBoer on how you prepare for Colorado's potential adjustments. I, I don't profess to be smart enough to, uh, I, I think, I think one is over coaching, you know, the, the scenario where you're trying to, to think uh, two moves ahead about what the other team's doing. Um, you know, I, I'm actually, it's funny you say that, but I was reading uh, Bill Cowher's book uh, about uh, his time coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if they ran a running play, 
uh, and got 10 yards. Uh, he never understood why a, an offense, his offensive coordinator, wouldn't keep running that play until they made them, they stopped it. Um, and drove them nuts if, if the guy only ran it one or two more times a game. You know, run it till they, they, they stop it. I think that's our philosophy. So keep doing what you're doing and don't overcoach. There's, there's some coaches I know that wouldn't do that. Well, I mean, I remember in, in, in our discussion about it yesterday, like, I, I feel like you've got to have your adjustments ready, right? Like, there are certainly going to be things that, that I think the Golden Knights might expect out of Colorado tonight. But the, the fact of the matter is, based on what we've seen over the last eight periods, if the Golden Knights go out there and execute their game plan to the same level they've done over the last three games, then you have to feel very confident. And once there are adjustments made, or once you start to see a different wrinkle in Colorado's game, then you adjust to that. But, you know, anything else beyond that, coming in thinking that you've got to change a formula that's been successful, uh, to me just, just seems like there's no real need to do it right now. And and I I thought it was a great question. And I thought it was an interesting answer and a fantastic answer from Pete DeBoer in, in just, you know, until until it stops working, we're in a good spot here. Heart and Steel is the name of the book, by the way. The Bill Cower book. Hmm. I, I think I think Pete might have done uh, a good job pumping up Bill's uh book sales and, and here in vegas but sure. but it does it does make sense doesn't it like what why wouldn't a football coach or why wouldn't you just keep doing what you're doing if you if you have something that has been successful if it's a formula that that has worked it's almost too simple though ryan i, I mean i hear you but I, again like you 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 run something until it doesn't work right like for the golden knights if they come out with a completely different game plan right like they, they abandon the flipper, and they don't have the, the pressure that they've had up the ice on the forecheck in this game. And then Colorado feasts on it and, and you know, puts up three or four. Then all of a sudden, you're sitting there saying, what are you doing? And you made a great point yesterday in, in that imagine that's the, the scenario. Imagine you're Pete walking into that room saying, okay, I know what we've done over the last three games let's tweak this or let's change this or let's let's change how we're pressuring up the ice and the players are like but we've outplayed them for eight periods right like that's a hard sell so i think i think that yeah there's a there's a tendency of sitting there and saying okay well obviously colorado's going to try something different obviously there's going to be an adjustment and we've got to be ready and i agree you should be ready should there be an adjustment made by colorado that starts to tip the scales in their favor but until they prove that what you're doing right now isn't working, I don't think you do too much. Yeah. I think Colorado, if you start seeing them not, I don't think you'll ever see the flipper, but if you start seeing them do that stretch pass tip and then chase, yeah, which they, they do a little bit, mostly to get a change. But uh, if you start seeing that when they aren't just trying to get a change and they're just trying to generate some zone time, uh, that'll that'll be an adjustment uh, for for the Colorado Avalanche. I st- I don't know whether it's going to work, but uh, if if they if they can convince their defensemen to go away from rushing and skating through the neutral zone, uh, that that'll be a sign that the message is getting through. After two games, though, 
the last two games, the message isn't getting through. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite players to listen to is Alex Petrangelo. Uh, he spoke today on the media availability, and I could sit there and, I, like, Alex Petrangelo should voice an, uh, an audio book. Hmm. Steel, Heart and Steel. If he voiced the uh, Heart and Steel by Bill Cower, uh, I would listen to it because I just like listening to, to Alex Petrangelo and how he breaks down the game. Uh, what has he seen of the Stone versus McKinnon matchup? Here is the Golden Knights defenseman. Well, he does everything well. I think the important thing uh, with that line, too, is they're playing with the puck in the offensive zone, making that uh, that top-line defense. So, um, obviously, Mark's defensive capabilities are, are obviously um, pretty special. There's a reason why he gets nominated like he did this year. But I think offensively, they've been making them defend, which limits their time and space in the offensive zone, which obviously they're uh, extremely good at. There's an assessment on Stone versus McKinnon, which is uh, interesting that we phrase it that way because uh, Mark Stone doesn't necessarily line up against uh, Nathan McKinnon all the time. Uh, and then here, here's the answer that I was really excited to hear uh, from Alex Petrangelo. Is there a reset when a series is 2-2, especially in a series like this where it's been two wins by the Avalanche followed by two wins at home by the Vegas Golden Knights? Here's Alex Petrangelo. Well, I think you try and reset every game. Um, we feel like we've played well the last two games. Um, we feel like we've done a lot of good things. But again, you kind of have to sit the, hit the reset button. Obviously, we're coming into their rink. It's, uh, it's a tough place to play. So you want to take the positives. But I think uh, the important part to this group is, is taking time to learn, even in these games that we've played well, what we can do better and the adjustments that we can make to continue to get better. So isn't that interesting? You still do a reset, even, even if you win the game. I, I mean, I think that, that that's, that's something that all athletes do, right? Like, we've, we've talked about athletes' ability to, to kind of not get too high or not get too low and understanding that the Stanley Cup playoffs are, are an absolute grind. You, you've got you've to try your best to take, what, take the good and figure out ways to improve but, but not think that every game is going to go exactly like the last one did. Just because the Golden Knights have been very, very good over the last two games, uh, you can't necessarily rest on that. You've got to make sure that you're that you're continuing to improve and continuing to get better and putting everything that you've got, all your detail, all your effort into the next game. You guys busy over there? Sounds like Jeff's getting peppered with some questions. A little bit. I like that. Jeff's, I li- Jeff's a rock star. Come on. He is a rock star. Yeah. That's why I was wondering. I wanted to, 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 to find out what's going on. He's the man about town. Guiding people in, uh, people asking, "What are you guys doing? Uh, what's the radio show? What's the vibe around the Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah. What's Jeff's vibe around the Vegas Golden Knights tonight?" What's Jeff's vibe? I don't, yeah. I don't know that he's got a vibe right now around the the Golden. Really? Knights. I think he's excited. Like everyone's excited for the game, but um, you know, Jeff, Jeff and I, like our conversations uh, tend to to focus on music, not so much on hockey. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the Avalanche, you know, like they haven't lost in like seven seven and a half years at home that's an exaggeration uh, but sh- it's been shouldn't a shouldn't do that it's been a long time but uh, we're gonna clip that excuse me i also had somebody measure the post up there oh come on yeah no you yep. didn't i did who uh a person that works in and around the arena oh okay and it was regulation it was a, size it was a, it was regulation size go figure that's yeah. crazy but I had uh, never would have some, guessed that. I had somebody measure the post. Now the only problem is I, I think it was regulation size, but they used a tape measure, and it was one of those thick tape measures, and it was crinkling. You know how it goes. Mm, <laughs> yeah. So so I, I 
I kind of had to uh, do a little bit of guessing at the end and I mean, just was assume. It, was it Imperial or Metric? Uh, both. Oh, okay. Both. Got it. I could read both. Can you? Yeah. Yeah. That makes one of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but but the, I think that – or they swapped out the, the uh, offending net. That could have happened too. There's, and I think there's no, no there's that, nothing wrong that with didn't the post happen. There uh, why are you like, guys this is, so – This is as bad as your 8-1 take. Yeah. Uh, I got a compliment on the 8-1 I'm, take I'm today. I'm offended by it. Who did you get a compliment from? In the, in the office. Oh, okay. All right. In the office, yep. I got a compliment. And I was also got a, a compliment about the post angle uh, by a person in the hockey world. So was it the same person? No. It was two different people. Now, the, the, the person uh, talking about the post knew I was, like, joking around. Yeah, but, no, I mean, like, we all know you're joking. It's just ridiculous. What? But didn't you not see the 19 posts? It was, like, five. Five? Yes. Yes, still? That's still pretty, pretty big amount, isn't it? Jeez, you could never be Pinocchio. I think we should probably take a break. Okay. We should, yeah. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll, we'll, we'll bail you out here, Darren. Golden Knights, throw me a life preserver. I'm sinking. Uh, the Golden Knights are not sinking. They are rising. They're like a hydroplane boat just speeding across. They're like Crockett and Tubbs uh, outside uh, of Miami Beach just cruising on the uh, Atlantic I'm old enough Ocean. to get that reference, by the way. I, well, I like it. It's a good reference. Well, it was going to work even better if I was able to finish my thought. Uh, this is the VGK Insider Show at Fox Sports <laughs> Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las, Las Vegas, Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now, if you're of a certain age... You've done the air drums to that. What was going on there? Because there was an echo. Yeah, I think it's because you're in, I guess it's the same pot, similar. I, I have no idea. I just, I just hit internet, and this is what we get. So You know, it's a, it's a really good thing you bring us back from, from that break, Darren, because I got no music, which is probably for the best. Because You didn't hear any music? Oh, no, no, man. No music at all. Chapman, none. Wow. Yeah, uh, it was the theme song to, from Miami Vice, and it was yeah. outstanding. I have to take I it out of program, anything. too, for some reason. I, I, I don't know. I give up. Yeah. Well, uh, well that's, that's good. Like, you're, you're, you're literally in control of this ship, and you give up. That's fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're, like, guess that's what? great. We're, we're, that's we're wonderful. Hitting, we're hitting Chapman. the iceberg, and I'm backing up the Titanic and smashing into it again. Too no, I, what, I, I'm actually kind of impressed here because I thought Chapman gave up a long time ago. <laughs> so to, to find out that he's just giving up now uh, gives me a, a, a little bit of pride uh, well, around well, him. No, I, there, there's a lot of things I've given up on. This show is not one of them, but I think this moment just uh, – I'm there now. Bruce Cusick, uh, the uh, legendary uh, PA announcer for uh, the Golden Knights, uh, sent me a note, and he loves the theme song for Miami Vice as well. Uh, we will not see uh, Miami Vice uh, in and around because they, the reboot uh, failed miserably. Uh, but we will see Nazem Kadri in this series if it goes seven games no sooner than game seven because the independent arbitrator has upheld the eight game suspension that the nhl department of player safety uh slapped on mr nazem kadri uh, for the high hit in the st louis series so uh, he was hit with the suspension then he appealed to Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman upheld that uh, suspension, and he appealed it to the uh, independent arbitrator, and it has been uh, confirmed. It's an eight-game suspension, meaning that uh, 
right now, Nazem Kadri, and it's official, will not play in Game 5 tonight or Game 6 on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously huge. And, you know, for me, I feel like this is the right call. Like, I, I talked about it yesterday. I, I look at that hit. I look at the, the previous suspensions for Nazem Kadri, and I think eight games is exactly where it, it should have been. And I'm glad to see that through all the means to try to have that that games shaved by a couple of games uh, didn't work out. And, you know, for the Colorado Avalanche, this is just something that they're going to have to, to work through um, because it was an unnecessary hit that didn't need to happen, and Nazem Kadri made the decision to do it anyway. Uh, Nazem Kadri will return if the series goes a seventh game. Now, if the Avalanche happened to lose the next two games, he would serve uh, the last uh, game, or he, he would be eligible to return next season. So uh, at least right now, by this series going six games, Nazem Kadri will, will serve the full length of the suspension. There'll be no carryover on that, like other suspensions in the past. Uh, the uh, update uh, just stated, Matty Yanmark made an appearance this morning in Denver. Yes. Uh, I wonder if he's, like, if there's a thought about putting him in the lineup. You know, it's interesting. I think that if he's if he's able and, and you know, as, as close to 100% as he would need to be to be able to get back into the game, we, you know, we, we look at it and we, we've we talked about it in terms of game four, right? Like, Braden McNabb was eligible. Was he going to play? Do you change the lineup that is that had played so well for you in game two and three? And then Pete DeBoer inserts McNabb, inserts Ryan Reeves, and all of a sudden you get an even better effort out of the Golden Knights. Um I wonder if Matthias Janmark is ready to go if he finds his way back into the lineup and you know how much more deep does that make the Golden Knights? I would have said no that he doesn't play tonight. Yeah. But after after McNabb and and Reeves going back in uh with the team winning and playing great, why not put him in? Yeah. So no, I'll, I'll, I'll right be curious there. uh whether whether that they they make those uh those adjustments uh with the with the players up front. And what the the pressure that they're 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 going with right now, I mean it's uh, they they've got four lines going as well as at any point that I've seen this team play. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree with that. And again, like we we know what Matthias Janmark brings to the table. We know uh, how direct of a player he is, the speed that he has, and certainly coming off of um, you know obviously game one didn't go anyone's way for the Golden Knights. Certainly not Matthias Janmark, but coming off that game seven a hat trick against minnesota like if you can get him back in the lineup and and you're confident that it's not going to disrupt anything it's only going to add then i think that makes vegas even better sometimes you you can put a better player in the lineup and it hurts your team uh because of chemistry and putting different players with uh with different line mates yeah this is a scenario where if you're going to put yanmark in he's going to play in the third line sure and I, I think that really helps Alex Tuck. Yeah. So that's why uh, normally look at the, the face value of, of what they've done the last uh, two and a half games. I would say, mm, do you want to mess with that? But if, if you put him in and it gets Tuck going even more, mm-hmm. uh, then, then that's a, a, a real benefit. So that's, that's why I would, uh, would think that they would consider uh, doing this. Uh, we have uh, an update for you. Uh, the winner of the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights series yep. will face the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup semifinals. Uh, that's impressive that the Montreal Canadiens become the team out of the north. 
do, going back to our preseason predictions, did any of us have the Montreal Canadiens coming out of the north? Uh, hold on. Let me take a look because I've got all that. Really? Um, you have that? I mean, like, well, okay. In terms of our predictions in the first round yeah. of the playoffs, you had Montreal and Edmonton. Okay. Chapman had Toronto and Edmonton, so, oh boy. And I had Montreal playing Winnipeg. Now, to be fair, I did pick Montreal to win the division at the beginning of the season. Okay, well, that's fair. Yeah, that's fine. Like That's good. Well, congratulations, no. because, uh, that's because you're correct. That's the only thing I've gotten right. No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I did pick Montreal to you win the division. You did not pick Montreal. I have Edmonton down for you. No, you I said about? I don't even think I had Edmonton making the playoffs. That's, that's incorrect. Well, I, that would have been stupid. I, I'm going to go, because you put it on the show notes every single. Every single day. And it's been Edmonton all year long. No, it says it says North, Montreal, <laughs> Chapman. No, it doesn't. That's the playoffs. Children, children, oh. stop arguing. Uh, anyway, the Montreal Canadiens, is anybody getting a 1993 vibe here? Like just something goofy special going on? Um. Don't don't bring up ninety three to me. Like stop doing that. <laughs> it's bizarre that I, I'm not like I'm not even I'm not even gonna talk. Any time if you start a sentence, does this not feel like the ninety three Canadians? I'm just done. I'm not talking you're, to you. You're done. Yeah, I'm not talking to you. No, it's we're not doing uh, that. it's wild. Like this this team shouldn't have been in the bubble last year and managed to pull off the upset and then pushed Philadelphia to a seventh game and this year. They win the first two rounds and, and have won seven straight games. They are the hottest team in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now with a seven-game winning streak and uh, the first team to punch its ticket, uh, even though people don't punch tickets anymore, uh, first team to punch its ticket to the third round. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting for the Montreal Canadiens uh, just simply because, you know, it, it was a grind for them to get into the playoffs. But it, it was, you know, one of those teams where you look at their roster and you you kind of look at the team and you say, well, maybe they're built for the playoffs more so than Toronto at, or Edmonton. Like, certainly I thought Winnipeg was going to be a tougher task for the Montreal Canadiens. It just wasn't that way. Uh, but, I mean, it's interesting. Like, I think that for the Canadians coming in here and, you know, again, they're going to they're gonna play whoever it is, Vegas or Colorado, they are not going to be expected to be able to compete in that series. And I think that... There's something about the Montreal Canadiens backs against the wall that brings out the best in them. And we all know Carey Price is absolutely capable of stealing a series. So it's it's fascinating to see how far they can go in this year. Um, but again, I, I just I look at both Colorado and Vegas as the better team in that series and, and a team that should be able to win four of seven for Montreal. I wonder what the payout would have been to have Montreal win the North. Even at the start of the playoffs, mm. what the payout would have been. Probably astounding. How like about when they were, changing money? When probably. they were down three to one. See, I just got one upped on my. Just got one upped. You should have. You should have thought that far ahead. I, I absolutely should have. You're but playing to, checkers and Chapman's over here playing chess. Not really. More more like tiddlywinks. Just take but. take the compliment, buddy. Okay. All right. Thanks. I I would think that Chapman's more of a Frogger guy. I love Frogger. I'm not surprised. <laughs> and don't you hate it when the log just disappears and you're like, ah, 
Oh, those, those, those yeah, that's the yeah. worst. Crazy. Again, you guys uh, are so old. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, the, uh, well, I have one of those stand-up arcade games, so it's good. Wait, you have uh, one of those at your house? Yes. Frogger? Yes. Oh, that's like, man. like, it's full of, like, uh, 40, 50 games or whatever. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, it's one nothing Tampa. Was were, were you asking me like what I think about that series? Yeah, I'm not actually, like, I I wasn't, but then I, I was reading it on my phone, and I got one of those pop up messages. You just and got it, distracted. And it, and no, it it covered up my screen, <laughs> and so I I couldn't read it anymore. So I had to just stop. It was a professional broadcaster. I know how to handle these situations. Uh, one nothing Tampa Bay Lightning as my screen returns to normal. Braden Point uh, opening the scoring. Tampa Bay trying to advance to the second round, join Montreal. But because of the uh, the way that things have sorted out, Tampa Bay uh, will, uh, or Carolina, will face the winner of Boston and the New York Islanders. And it's the Islanders with a 3-2 series in, in lead in that. Yeah, it's okay. You can say Tampa. You, it is, you think they're going to win, eh? Yeah, I think this one's They're over. up three games yep. to one. Yeah. Yeah, they're a team that has blue and white as their main color scheme, and they can close out a 3-1 series lead. We will see and uh, and watch. Uh, game five tonight, uh, Vegas, Colorado. They can't close it out, but they can take a big step forward, and Mo is in favor of the VGK. We'll take a break coming up, uh, catching up with Chapman as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Game five, West Division final coming up. Winner takes a 3-2 series lead. Golden Knights have battled all the way back from 0-2, and they're now knocking on the door of uh, taking the lead in the set for the first time. Uh, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace as we uh, approach the end of hour number one, which is going to be the only hour today uh, due to the early start time for game five in Denver. Pre-game shows coming up at the top of the clock. Uh, we turn things over to Chris Chapman for catching up with Chapman. All right. Well, it was announced, I guess today on Twitter from Allegiant Stadium that the first rock concert will take place on August the 27th, and it's none other than legendary rock band Guns N' Roses. They will open up Allegiant Stadium, at least on the rock concert side of things. So uh, very cool. A band that I have never seen live, but I think I may pick up tickets for this one because it's one that I've wanted to see for a really long time. I mean, obviously some some real classic songs from Guns N' Roses. And I mean, I don't know how anybody who, who grew up in my generation could not be a fan of, of GNR. And uh, what better way to open up Allegiant than have Guns N' Roses play in a, in a Vegas-is-back type concert? How much uh, do you know about Guns N' Roses? Like, how up-to-date are you on them? I wouldn't say totally up-to-date on them, but... Uh, how many original members are still with them? Well, I know Axel's still there and Slash is still there. Okay. Oh, this is fun. What's the... I, it, I would imagine Izzy and Duff are still part of the band as well. It's music Bobby shakes his head no. What, uh, what's your favorite song? Uh, I like Paradise City. Hmm? Mr. Brownstone is a good one. I can hear Jeff giggling in the back. No, 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 that was that was me. That oh, was what? Me. Why? Why are you giggling? Just, just funny. You're wheezing. No, no, no. It was, yeah, it was funny. They did knock it on heaven's door. Another yeah. good one. Yep. A little November rain. November rain. Nothing from Chinese democracy, eh? <laughs> I that that doesn't even exist. Come on. <laughs> That's like Godfather Three. Never happened. <laughs> 
Yeah, use your illusion one too. Uh, awesome. Uh, anything else to add from catching up with Chapman, or can we turn it back to hockey? No, I think the Knights are going to win tonight. Uh, Uh-oh. Oh, well, no. that's, that's the worst news I've heard all day. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Come on. Well, oh. you, you, you do not have a good track record of – of being on board with the with you're, the masses. Regardless of that, you're just a terrible prediction artist, Chapman. Like you've never been right. I'm always right. You're I was right about right. Montreal after oh. I was wrong about Montreal. <laughs> oh no. They like Rita gives you the business. Oh Rita, yeah, well, Rita's gonna call up piss tomorrow. Yeah. I like I like her. You were uh, you were not supposed to pick Vegas. Remember? I like her her philosophy. It pissed off Golden Knights or good Golden Knights. I, should we not make T-shirts out of that? If, should Vegas advance through this series? I think we do uh, third round and uh, and beyond T-shirts. Pissed off VGK is a good VGK. Rita. How about the hockey gods don't seem to like Chris Chapman, so don't pick the Golden Knights. How about that? Rita's got a lot of good phrases. Yeah. Might have to do a book, like 101 Great Rita Phrases. I like that. Uh, coming up uh, next is the VGK pregame show on the VGK Radio Network and Fox Sports Las Vegas. Game five, Vegas trying to win its third in a row, head-to-head with the Colorado Avalanche and uh, put themselves in a position to wrap things up at home on Thursday night. It's all coming together. Enjoy the game, everybody. Thank you.